0: Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life Podcast. This is 178. And a little different uh, show today for you people. Uh, I want to focus somebody on who's focused on somebody who's been helping the privateers, helping us at Pumper out, and uh, basically been uh, yeah a lifesaver to many many of the guys on the road over the years uh, when it comes to their motorcycles. So thank you to FXR Racing, uh, Brock Tickle of course running FXR still, and uh, maybe he gets a shot at Cowie here, but also Phil Nicoletti and Enzo Lopes and Chris Kiefer and Mike Brown fxr racing dot com for more information on that They continue to elevate their game and uh, you look at the, the gear from FXr over the years and they 've done a good job of that, and also race tech as well. Motor work, suspension work, they got authorized Racetech service centers all across America, of course. If you call uh, uh, Racetech to get some work done, either motor work or suspension, tell them you listen to Pulp MX. They will give you a discount, and I know our listeners have been taking advantage of that as well. Uh, Racetech's added motor work to their uh, repertoire in the last few years and doing well with that. Uh, thanks to the folks at Maxis, Firepower, Roost, and Amira all on board with us as well, and uh, and we'll talk more about them later. But. For now, on the, uh, f- uh, FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life. It is a man that is, uh, uh, have privateers near and dear to his heart. He works for Race Tech as a marketing guy, among other things. He used to race pro and be very fast at that. Chris Riesenberg. What's up, Chris? How are you, man?
1: I'm just excited to uh, talk about some privateers, and I can't believe we're 178 of these in. Um, I know. <laughs> it's, it's pretty unreal. <laughs> but yeah, privateers are definitely near and dear to the heart. We've been running the privateer-proven slogan for, yeah. well, should, I've been there 11 years now, and we started it my second year. So that's over 10 years strong that we've really been going that direction and pushing the support that direction so um this podcast when you brought it up to me was like well that's a perfect fit because that's where where we're involved and that's where we're working with a lot of guys
0: yeah i wanted to talk about it obviously the solitaire guys have been doing a good job uh um, on in a tough class uh with motors and suspension and, and blos has been running the suspension and motors for a number of years now um there's a jerry robin of course has been a, a race tech guy over the years and Lots of guys have come and gone under the Race Tech banner and Paul Feet started Race Tech in the early 80s somewhere along there and one of the smartest guys around. So, I guess we'll we'll, we'll just start with this. I saw you at the um, I saw you at the Minneapolis live show. Um you're um everything's doing well. I s- assume for you and Race Tech and everything. Uh, how how's things at life with checkers?
1: Life with with me personally is is awesome. I fell back in love with riding dirt bikes thanks to our buddy Kiefer um a, a few years ago and Um, and the race tech side is it's wide open. And I mean, like everybody in the industry, the one thing that really helps us is we're USA made. So when everybody was having troubles getting product in and whatnot, we didn't quite have those issues. And I've had some smart people around me that, you know, they stocked up on inventory. So we didn't have huge inventory issues even with, um, staffing and that side of things. So, so things have been able to stay very busy for us and stay really good. So that's awesome as an industry because you know, it's, you know, we've had downturns and upturns mm-hmm. and, you know, Paul always says back in the recession, that's when he's pushed on the vintage stuff so hard. Cause that didn't die, you know, and that kind of kept us going and, and kept us rolling and, and man, everything is wide open. Now it's like, whether it's old bikes and people mm-hmm. building 125s up and that side of things, and then all the new stuff as well. Yeah. Business is great. And it's awesome to see as an industry as a whole.
0: Maybe the only thing that hasn't come back is pit bikes. Remember the pit bike craze? Maybe that's not back yet, but everything else is, you know?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's really weird, though, because you can't find a 110 right now still. It's just people are riding them a lot more yeah. stock, and it's not necessarily... It was almost they pushed pit bike stuff to this pro level, and elite level, and mm-hmm. it made to where it wasn't that low barrier of entry anymore. And it hasn't necessarily gone back to that, but I helped promote some races locally just... Because I needed another job in my life um <laughs> so um at all that was like part of it we run a pit bike race, and I mean the pit bike track there's pretty sick, it's got like an over under in it and stuff it's pretty insane, but I mean there's literally like eighty guys at the pit bike races oh, it's wow. like a full okay. so, so it's we sort had, of uh...
0: <laughs> it's maybe not back to the where it was where Eric Bernard was running mini motos, but it's it's back, yeah
1: yeah, there's definitely a million of them in the pits, and it's really cool uh it was pretty mind blowing. To uh, Wes Williams came out last year to one of our events, and we did a, a verb event there. And he was like, "Dude, this is like a pit bike national. I've never seen anything like this." <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, they're definitely going strong, just a lot different. Like, yeah. I know a lot of the California guys and stuff. They're keeping them stock so that everybody's even on an even playing field when they show up to ride in Moto. Mm-hmm. So definitely cool though uh
0: how is the uh, pulp listenership doing with uh race tech stuff either getting uh uh revalved motor work done or, or just simply servicing is the code working well and our listeners are taking advantage of it
1: yeah we love the pulp army i mean they're <laughs> they're extremely loyal and it's consistently that they're choosing race tech and we hear pulp and max go through the shop and it's greatly appreciated i mean we've been doing this program and Dude, right? with you a quite a while and obviously you're your listenership has grown and grown and grown as well and i mean shoot, you have your own race coming up for crying out loud so yeah. uh, clearly something's working and it was actually really fun to go to the live show too and be part of that that was a totally different environment and yep. i mean that place was packed
0: yeah it uh it uh and also too uh, we saw a man lose his hair so a lot of, lot, of th- yeah. lot of things went on a lot of things went on um <laughs> Yeah, it, it's, it's interesting to see the evolution of Racetech. Of course, Paul Thied, uh, started it way back in the day. and But the one thing that has happened, and you guys have worked with teams before and, and on high levels, and Malcolm Stewart won Montreal Supercross on Racetech stuff when he was riding for uh, Motor Concepts, and you've been working with the Alessis for a long time. But it does seem like, if, and from the beginning, Racetech was the choice of Dubok and Mike Byer and these privateer dudes that were racing factory guys. And now it seems like it's 2022 – and the focus has been, again, on let's just help some key privateers. Uh, uh, we can go in all in on a big race team and and, and, and you know, throw a lot of money at that and marketing, but kind of let's help some privateers out. It's a little different marketing change for you guys.
1: Yeah, I remember back when I first started, um, Rob Brown is is my direct boss and he's like the head of R and D. And he basically came up uh, about a year before me uh-huh. and read a lot of what race tech did. And, and he convinced Paul to not only bring me on, but to trust me to just go with what, what I thought would work and, and what would happen. And honestly, I didn't have a lot of experience. I was basically, Paul said, I'm paying you to screw up. Just don't screw up twice. Learn from <laughs> it. <laughs> so, um, And, but they had me build a race team budget and we were like, well, maybe we'll go do the race team just like everybody else does. And we looked at it and, and Paul's like, do you think you get sponsorship to cover it? And I was like, I already have like, I verbal commitments and you know how great those are in the industry. And that's how far we had taken it. And Paul's like, I'm not really comfortable. He's like, because when they don't pay, then I have to. And he's like, yeah. I, just, I don't really want to put myself in that situation. He's like, what else can you do or what else do you have? And at the time I'd watched Fly really grow. And what they did is they blanketed the bottom of the field and helped a ton of guys and really spread the love and i've been coming from previously i worked for thq doing the mx versus atv games Uh and part of my role at the end there i was working with getting all the riders signed up for the game so previously they had like five guys in the game and they would pay them you know 20 grand or so to be in the game and there was only five riders i'm like that's stupid like we can get these privateer guys would die to be in a video game. they would love it they will do it for free so i started doing that and I mean, I had guys like Chiz and Tickle calling saying, hey, can you help get me signed up for the game? And I mean, there, that was when Chiz was earning his number 11. Like, yeah. it was a pretty big deal. And so I got to know that whole side of the field way better than the the factory guys. So I had some but somewhat of a relationship there to at least know those guys and I could go talk to them. And I knew that I liked them a lot. So we started hitting milestone up on test days. And I started using the phone and saying, hey, like, would you guys try this? And, and honestly, I, you know, you've heard the story from Kiefer uh, people didn't care for the racetech product at one point. They had a pretty terrible name, unfortunately. Um, we had two guys running the product when I started in like the pro level, it was Mm -hmm. Ben LeMay and Brandon share. Um, Ben is still part of our program and Brandon's still near and dear to my heart. (laughs) Um, it was pretty cool to see him race again last weekend. Um, And we went into the first year of racing after we started this program with over 20 guys at A1 in the night show. And I'm like, okay, well, this is cool. It was a lot of work, though. I mean, Mm -hmm. Rob and our trackside support guys, I mean, they were at the Supercross track two to three times a week. and But we needed to do something because we had to get guys on the product to try it. Yeah, And once they tried it, they're like, oh, wow, this stuff's actually good. And that spread, like it's not the old race tech anymore. This is the new stuff that, you know, Rob has really come in and, and created something really good and special. And I mean, it grew to, we were over 40 guys at one point servicing them all in house. And I mean, we literally had to have somebody on staff full-time just doing privateer support.
0: Yeah. That's crazy. 40 dudes. Yeah. Just uh, revalving and changing oil (laughs) and maintenance and yeah, all of it. That's a lot.
1: It was pretty nuts. I remember at the end of the at the end of the year when the field kind of got like it is now in one of the four fifty mains, we literally had 50% of the main event on race deck. I'm like, (laughs) all right, that's, that's pretty nuts. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of support and, but it's also a lot of fun because we could definitely write a check and go sponsor a race team and, and put our name on that. And there's a, there's some good marketing to be had from that, but there is also something really cool when the guy makes their first night show or makes their first main event. And what we found is, we're able to develop our product as an r&d standpoint across more brands uh-huh. and with more riders and then also because they're the privateer guys they're not necessarily running a bunch of super special chassis parts and stuff like that so their bikes are way more similar to what our customers are riding so that directly can pass down to our customers a lot easier um you know like you hear about all the time of you know most of the 450 class is a privateer they might be running a muffler and maybe some clamps or a link but other than that they're on a super stock bike. So we're, we're comparing more apples to apples versus, you know, if you're working with specifically a race team, I mean, they're trying so many different parts and pieces and, um, you really specialize on that one bike and that one setup and even that one rider and riding style, whereas we're blanketing it a little bit more. So, um, instead of, you know, writing the check on a team and devoting our stuff that way, it's a little bit harder on my marketing side, but then, you know, we use that money on an R and D side and then, you know we send forty privateers out there as our army of of marketing guys, and then they go to the local track, you know like whether they're teaching riding schools or they're doing money races, they're really more involved with our customers directly, so the word of mouth side of things is how we're investing marketing versus you know you see a you see a factory connection sticker on jet Lawrence's bike, you know like yeah, yeah, that's awesome, there's nothing wrong with that program, it's just a different way to go about it. And it's the way that we've chosen. And, and I'm glad we have because it's it's really fun to hang out on Privateer Island with the guys. And they appreciate the support. And, like, you see how pumped they get when they make a main event. It's yeah. really cool to be just a small part of that program.
0: Yeah, no, it it is kind of neat. So who are the guys that you're keying on in 22?
1: Um, I mean, we still are pretty spread out. And so we're doing the suspension and engines for the Motul AJE gas gas team. Um, we've been part of that program for a couple of years now mm-hmm. and, you know, it's kind of moved around some suspension, some engines. Well, this year we're doing the full deal for blows. Uh, Falk was over there, uh, which we'd worked with him previously at the BWR team. Um, and Mitchell Harrison, which both of those guys, unfortunately are battling some injuries and that side yeah. of things. And then like Chance Blackburn, I think, filled in over there and whoever they put on, we support on that side. Um, the solitaire guys are awesome to work with Man, I really like everything they do. They push really hard for us and we're engine support only there right now. Um, each rider's brought their own suspension program there for the time being anyways. And man, those guys are doing so well yep. and that program continues to grow. I've watched Ryan and the guys over there just continue to invest a little bit more and a little bit more. And, and they have a really, really solid package for their riders and it just keeps getting better and, that one's a little bit different than, you know, most of them are, you know, what do you guys have? And they bolt it on and go, um, where Ryan's actually super involved with the program and Andrew on the engine side of, there's a lot of R and D that goes there uh-huh. and, you know, they're building their engines in house, working directly along with us. And they, you know, they're bringing parts by all the time to, hey, let's try some stuff. Let's find more. It's not just give us your package that you already have. It's, we want to invest in making your package better. So that's a really cool deal. Yeah. Um, Of course, Jason from SGB decided to start his race team a a couple of years ago, the same time Michael Enzi did. I'm literally, I know both these guys super well. (laughs)
0: I'm
1: on the phone with both of them, telling them both that they're idiots and don't do it. Don't do it. Um, The one one good thing that Jason's done is he's built the team around let's have fun versus results. And I think that's, you know, he's still enjoying it. I talked to him a ton and um, it was cool. I got to team him up with the guys at Stormway Conda this year, which have been. Like they're like a brother to me. I mean, yeah. I've ridden for them my whole life, and yeah, they, they, it was really cool to make that they've connection. Supported, they've
0: supported so many racers and teams over the year. It's cool to see them back in.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, then I didn't realize that until I was talking to Jeff in the off season from Mike is that is a total dealership funded program. It's not Honda giving them bikes and then they put their name on them type of deal. It's Mike's mm-hmm. responsible for all those bikes and the cost of them,
0: yeah,
1: upfront type of deal. And I mean, obviously they get them back at the end of the year and sell them, but This dealership, I mean, it's in a town of twenty thousand people. It's in the middle of nowhere in Iowa, and they're you know a top like twenty Honda dealer. It's it's pretty insane how much. I mean, they not just have the SGB team, but they still do the Tyler Honda team as well. Yeah, that they support as well as anyone that's anyone around the Midwest is getting support from them or gotten support for them. And right, I mean, all the way back to, I mean, even before Brayton, like,
0: oh, that was uh, you
1: probably swapped Chad Pedersen. Yeah, (laughs) I
0: know a ton. Yeah.
1: Uh, been around forever. They're just a racing dealer. And um, I mean, we have so many guys. Like those are the race teams, and then I guess the BWR team's still around on the West Coast side of things. And that program shifted a bit uh, with Brian White stepping back a little bit. I mean, he's been going racing on a on a privateer level for forever. Yep. Um, and then you know, then the individual guys of the Jerry Robbins and Kevin Moranzes and Alex Nagy's of the world or Logan Light. so like those type of guys that are are also out there. Every single week and you know we so we spread it uh pretty broad across the privateer spectrum.
0: Now Jason is an is a race tech service center, uh so he's handling everything out there from Maryland, right? And and he he does all his own valving and everything, or, or are you guys involved in that sort of end of things?
1: Yeah, same thing with um, with SGB and WWR guys, is yep. they're both race tech service centers. Mm-hmm. And so we provide support for them as far as we give them tech and settings and we'll support them on the parts side. And also, like, with the SGB team, with A-Ray being placed on, on the West Coast and based out there, it doesn't make a ton of sense for him to constantly send stuff back to Jason. So mm-hmm. when he's on the West Coast, we take care of him.
0: Yeah.
1: And then in return, though, at the races, if one of my race tech guys say, Jerry Robin has a fork seal pop or something like that, I have SGB already there at the race, and he can take care of it for me. Oh, so,
0: cool. That's a um, neat little deal. You know,
1: we yeah. work. Yeah, we work together to support guys. And basically, with the center program, the way that it's – Grown and whatnot is it's tough to go to any track around the country, even whether it's pro racing or amateur racing and, and not have a race tech guy that is track side to take care of you yeah. so it's uh it's something really cool that we've worked really hard to build and it's grown, and the quality of race tech service centers has really gone up to you know it's not just a guy that comes out for a week class and then he's off on his own doing his thing I mean there's constant education and communication going on there with these guys to make sure that they're installing at the highest level
0: um also too chris blows is in his last year he's opening up a race tech service center in arizona how cool is that
1: yeah i mean it just shows the the belief in the product he's had you know for first of all and then the relationship i mean there's definitely a lot of years out there that that even without our sticker on his bike that we've helped chris and supported chris and you know he just he's comfortable with us and you know obviously racers at some point have to you have to move on from racing and he wanted to stay in the industry and had a good relationship, saw how the product worked and also saw the business side of things. Like it's, it's a legitimate way. I mean, obviously there's guys title sponsoring race teams off over race tech center. Obviously there's, there's business to be had and money to be made there so that you can spend it going racing. So, um, and really Arizona is just far enough from California that people don't want to drive their stuff over and they don't want to ship it. And I didn't have anyone in Phoenix. And so it's kind of one of those things. Like I have a few locations in, on my map, I'm just waiting for the right person and right yeah. opportunity and yeah. it's a no brainer. Like I know it's Chris is a great dude, he works hard, he knows his stuff and he's a hero in the in the local community out there too. Yeah. Like you know, that's uh Phoenix is really really supportive of all of their guys for sure.
0: Right. No, that'll be cool to uh to see that and 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 he'll watch his business grow and he'll learn and he'll have this 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 uh, resource uh, of race tech behind him to help him solve any issues or problems and to help help him deliver, you know, a real good setting close right off the bat. So, um, speaking of Jason at SGB Max's Tires, of course, they also sponsor that team. Title sponsor it, A Ray and Cade, and God, it's so so exciting to watch those guys every week. So, thank you to Max's Tires. For making this happen and uh, mountain bike tires as well. Light truck tires, the folks at Maxis will uh, dial you in Maxis.com if you haven't thought about them for a while. Well, start thinking about Maxis again. MXST is developed by Jeremy McGrath. So uh also uh the motor department is something new. Rob and everybody at Race Tech started a motor department, Chris uh I don't know, five years ago or something. How's that going? How, how's how's that end of the race tech business going?
1: the engine business is i mean it just it's growing so rapidly fast and what a lot of people probably don't know is um back when i met rob before he was at race Tech, he was both engine and suspension guy and uh-huh. he's really good and is really good at suspension but honestly he's probably a better engine guy he's one of the best in the world honestly he's insane and he kind of the same thing um with what i was saying about you find the weight for the right person well, he had an opportunity to buy all of his original engine equipment back from the guy that had bought it from him when he closed his business and moved to California for a And so he bought it back and it was just, it sat in the shop where I should say Paul bought it anyways. It yeah. just sat at the shop until Rob found the right person to come and, and run it and start that department. And that's when Andrew came along, he was building flat track engines at the time and he was just really, really intelligent and young and ready to learn. And so Rob not only brought him on, but then he actually sent him to the same mentors and such that Rob had, had to, to learn and be educated. And then, you know, Rob obviously oversees that program as well. But um, I mean, we just, we started CNC porting this year and I mean, that machine is, is not cheap by any means yeah, to, uh, yeah. to have. And I mean, it's, it's, it was a necessity for us because we there was so much work that, you know, we've, Growing that department as far as it started with just andrew it was one employee uh, we have three dedicated to it now and they're still even with the machine also which speeds up the porting process considerably and you know makes obviously everything way more accurate and that side of things but with the andrew on development plus two other guys it's still wide open as can be and um, it's it's crazy because from here i've worked remotely from minnesota so i don't necessarily see the Race Tech name on engines a lot and i'm like where are all these customers and it's uh-huh. because it's, you know, it's businesses that are running their own engine departments and people don't necessarily know that it's a race tech head. Yeah. You can, they can
0: sign it. You guys will sign NDAs with these people and do the work for them and do it with the CNC and make sure it's exact every time.
1: Yeah. So there's a few different programs that we can do with them of if they have something that, you know, they found one, one head that they built that just absolutely rips and they want to make all of them like it. Um, we can port map that and then put it into the CNC and, and sign an NDA of no one else is going to know this is what you're running. And, and this is yours. And it's, it's, it's only for you. Um, or a lot of them are, you know, they send it to us and say, Hey, I need the best that you can do. And, you know, if they have a certain spec that they want, then, you know, we, we push it that direction, but, uh, most of it is, you know, we give them a head and we'll tell them, you know, we recommend this cam or this piston, um, that type of things. And we obviously do ECU stuff as well, which is huge. Um, the amount of ECUs that we're pushing through racetech is absolutely unbelievable. It's, it's crazy. And then, um, you know, we're, we're not building full engines in house and that's where a lot of people don't see the racetech name on it is because we're not. So it goes back to the tuner that's building engines. And I mean, there's some super well-known guys that you see their stuff over all, all the time. And, you know, it's it's their engine and their package, and on the end, we're working beside them and, and telling them what to do and, and touching the stuff, which is awesome. I mean, it works out great for both of us. That's, yeah. We're all about creating a lot of great businesses, you know, and if they're doing well, then we're doing well, so it works out really well.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it sounds good, man. Everything's going well at Race Tech. I'm, I'm stoked on that. You know, interesting, we, we were talking to, uh, obviously, uh, Logan Carnell, uh, a buddy of ours, that privateer dude that you know had some shitty stuff happen to him in his in his sponsorship wise and he's he's doing pretty well he he went on instagram and asked for fans help and and then um uh he had an only fans girl sponsor him as well and he made the couple mains and this whole subject came up and logan was on the show talking about it and you know being a privateer was something that you were when you raced and and i worked for two of them uh privateers top privateers in supercross Nick Way and red dog when they were uh privateers and so this is close to both of our hearts and carnell's point on the show was you got to market yourself man you got to be outgoing you got and look not everybody has a personality of uh of logan carnell or adam knap or or our buddy alex ray and i get that but carnell was saying you got to market yourself you got to do something different you got to you know you got to uh offer people different things and and, in 2022 with social media and all these apps and Everything you can do that, and this is how these guys are making livings. And and nap raps, and A Ray sells merch, and you know there's all these things. And I, and both of us, I think, Chris, you and I, this is the this is the new way, man. This is the new way these privateers can get noticed. And I say that's awesome. It's not all about results. It's not all about what's the difference between a sixteenth and an eighteenth and a four fifty main event. Nothing. Um, a couple hundred bucks, if that. So. I like the avenue these guys have been doing lately, uh, Chris. Uh, privateers to market themselves.
1: For sure, it's it's growing. I mean, there's always been guys out there that have done it. Of, I mean, actually back to Ryan Clark when he started Team Solitaire, or I mean, Jimmy Albertson did it for a while. But uh-huh. yeah, you look at it. Of Anticnap's results aren't as good as some of the guys that that don't have as much support as him. But he he learned that there's other ways to get his name out there and get fans, and and having fans at the end of the day is what gets brands attention and. There's so much easier access for these guys of with the social media way. I mean you know the the vlogs are everywhere at yeah. this point. But if you if you're not doing one, I think you're doing it wrong almost. Um unless you figured something else out. I mean the Jerry Robin program this year if we're gonna run a sports theme and do gear and bikes every single week. And guess what? He's in the media every single weekend for his sponsors, representing them and making a paycheck that way. Um you know Kevin Moranz is killing it on the Patreon side with his deal um, I mean you look at the, his there's not any more room on his bike or helmet or anything for for just individual people that are you know chipping in 20 30 40 dollars a month for his program and adding all those up and what it's done is it's not the days of like a struggling privateer and they're sleeping in bands unless you're Alex Nagy. <laughs> uh, yeah, he
0: he but, likes that though. That's, that's what he likes. <laughs>
1: yeah. He's totally good with it. Like he's, he's just enjoying it. And that's what I think um, the perception is, is these poor guys are eating PBJ and it's so miserable, but really you walk through the privateer pits, they're hanging out, they're laughing, they're smiling. No one's forcing any of these guys to go racing. They're doing it because they want to. And Are they chasing the support in the dream? Maybe the two fifty guys, but a lot of the four fifty guys realize that's yeah. not really yeah. their future. So they're there because either they're making a good living doing it and or they're at least affording to do it and having a good time. And and why go do something else when you're young enough and good enough to do it? So let's at least enjoy it. And so the privateer pits on Privateer Island is a fun place to be. It is yeah. like kind of like being vacation yep. a little bit because they're not necessarily stressing about results every weekend yes they get a little bummed if they don't do as well as they want to do or don't make the show or don't make the main at the same point that's not the determining factor in their paycheck a hundred percent or fighting for a ride and that sort of thing so um it's definitely changing and i mean i applaud these guys of finding different ways to stand out from the from the crowd and Uh do something different and i mean as a company and a brand it's like that's awesome because it's different ways for them to reach different customer bases for us. Like the whole YouTube thing of, I didn't realize how many customers that we can reach on YouTube that they don't necessarily listen to your show or they're not that hardcore fan. They're just more of a casual guy that goes down the rabbit hole of YouTube and then falls in love with these guys. Like, um, I was looking the other night and we support Jeff Walker for outdoors and his YouTube gets like three times or four times the views of racer X does. And I'm like, Holy crap. Like I, I knew he had a lot of reach and, and does well and, and is a great ambassador for our product, but I didn't realize that his reach was that big because I hadn't paid that much attention to it. I mean, I knew it was big, but I didn't realize that much bigger. I was like, holy crap, like
0: <laughs> yeah. that's, that's yeah. a huge deal. No, for sure. And there's people reviewing things that you're like, what kind of reviews? Like, you know, they're just reviewing a, a, a fly racing helmet, you know, and – um and then you look at their views and you're like, holy smokes, I don't know who this dude is. He's just some guy in Kansas talking about a helmet, you know?
1: Yeah, and they've built some sort of an audience and they have a following and some loyalty. And I mean, I all the way through the ranks, I mean, I have like one of my buddies is a plus 25 intermediate guy that has a really successful YouTube channel and like he's great for business. I mean, it's it's right. once or twice a month that I have an email come through and say, hey, so-and-so said to, to drop by and and get my stuff done and said that you guys are awesome to work with and, and take good care of them. I'm like, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. Like I, it's a whole different outlet. And so we have to be as a company really broad with, with who we support and whatnot. And, um, along with just privateers in general, like I tell those guys in the summer, if you're not racing outdoors, which honestly, a lot of my guys don't because financially it doesn't make sense for them. Like You need to be involved in your local moto community to help your sponsors on that level, whether it is teaching riding schools where you're making money or go do money races. Whatever you're doing, don't just park your bike for the summer and and ignore it until Supercross because that doesn't benefit all the companies that are helping you because really for us, helping them chase their dream of Supercross doesn't make us money other than it justifies the product working and helps us yeah. with R&D.
0: I think you have to what? do that, right? You have to have some of that. Yep.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You have to prove that it can work at that level. Right. And, and also for us uh, to stay on our toes to make sure we're pushing it to that level at the same point, business wise, it's way, makes way more sense when they go show up at the local track and they're their fast guy. And then, you know, they're sitting on their tailgate and somebody comes over and talks to them and they say how good their bike is and how good we are to work with that side of things. So, um, you know, I support a lot of just local a guys too, that don't necessarily, they maybe race their local national every year yeah. or a couple of them, but they don't go do the full tour thing and and those guys are just as important to our privateer support program as the Chris Bloses of the world um they maybe aren't in the spotlight as much on a national scale but on a local scale it's yeah. like, that rips when you see them at the local track and and whatnot so that's really where i got tied into helping promoters and whatnot was well how do i make these guys more money so i start <laughs> help promoting it so that we can pay them a big purse and say okay well now you guys have a reason to come race
0: uh, yeah, awesome. That, that's, that's, that's cool. That's, that's really good. Speaking of Logan, Carnow, Nomura Pistons was a title sponsor for one of his uh, races, and they're also on board this as well, supplying factory level pistons and gaskets for every make and model from two wheels to four, from weekend warriors to top riders like Carnow. Nomura's advanced piston technology has increased engine performance and reliability without increasing your budget. Follow them on Instagram, they got a lot of cool giveaways, um, and namira.com to see the latest news and application updates, and uh, check out the new line of Watercraft stuff as well, com for more information on that, and their Minnesota company, Checkers.
1: Yeah, big D23 supporters.
0: Yeah, yeah they are. D23, oh God, I raced there a lot. Good tracks.
1: Good tracks, and a lot of fast people. I I traveled up and raced up here a lot from Iowa growing up, one, because the tracks were good, and... Like, you couldn't go to Millville and not get your butt kicked, basically, especially the – there were some local kids that do. They have that place so wired. And it was fun when we go to qualifiers and they would come out of Minnesota and I could actually maybe sometimes beat them. But, man, they would kick my butt at Millville all the time.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, It's it's like – uh, you think about the Martin Brothers, you think about Donnie Schmidt and Ryan Dungey, and you're just like, holy smokes. It's like all-timers from a state that you can only ride six months a year in, if that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, there's a lot of guys that are just, you know, a step below that, that are also really fast. Just the the motocross community in Minnesota is is unreal. I mean, growing up, I remember there's, there was over a thousand entries at just a normal local Sunday race at Mobile. Like, <laughs> yeah. what the heck? I right. mean, it's still really good and really strong. It's not quite those numbers, but it is really massive. And it's one of the, you know, again, being on the promoting side a little bit now, like yeah. I watch it and, and see it. And, um, my girlfriend, Jenny actually sits on the board with D23 and is really involved with it. So I see it on that side and just, they do everything super professionally and, and super right. Um, they do. And so like I'm down in Iowa supporting them and I'm like, you need to do more of what they're doing in Minnesota because it's working. And yeah. Yeah. you know, a lot of local racing kind of has fallen apart a bit, and uh-huh. yeah minnesota's always had it going on and, and they do really well and it gives their riders a nice platform to build i mean there's a lot of fast Minnesota kids coming up right now um there's a couple in the in the a and b ranks and a few mini kids coming up that are insanely fast
0: uh f x r racing race tech suspension privateer ride on life with uh a privateer uh uh i guess I would call you a privateer uh lover chris reason <laughs> yeah privateer. <laughs> Privateer uh, uh, supporter, let's call, call you that, Checkers. Um, thanks to the folks at Firepower, Maxis, Roost, and Namira for, for doing this podcast as well. Really appreciate all the companies helping these out and talking to privateers and everything else. Uh, yeah, Checkers, it's, it's, I'm glad everything's going good for Race Tech, and I'm glad people are using the code and you're helping to, to support the, the, the guys out there for sure. Uh, is there a particular uh, model? that you're seeing you're doing more of and you're getting better feedback from customers and race teams and riders? Is there something that Rob is really got his finger on that's working well?
1: Um, I mean, it's because we spread across everything. We have to have everything really well. I mean, there's definitely a big increase in WP stuff over the last, you know, five or six years for sure. Just the amount of bikes out there on the WP stuff. And then, um, spring conversions are still super popular on is those it
0: really Huh. still people are still doing that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's still really common, And it's not necessarily like I tell people all the time, there's the WP air forks pretty good. Um, you don't hear the typical complaints. Like when the KYB and show ones were out there, They were guys just hated air forks. And it's always that I can't feel where my front end is. And there's a harshness, you know, like those two things and a of attraction. You don't really hear that much on the WP side. It's more of, a little bit of I don't feel as connected, but a lot of it's I don't want to change my air pressure all the time, and I want my bike to feel exactly the same every time I ride it. Yeah. And so that's a lot of the reason for the spring conversion is it's just it's always consistent and always the same. And then a little bit of the the air fork thing. Um, so that's super common. I mean, we do everything, though, like but KTM 65s are huge for us. Like we have a kit for those that really in stock form, they they need a lot of help. There's really not any valving in them. It's basically, you can't do much. So we make a kit to where it actually valves. It's similar to what we would do with an emulator type. Yeah. An emulator
0: and the vintage unfinished stuff. Right. Yeah. Those are popular. Yeah.
1: yeah. Like you transform because those are so important and so huge because you transform the bike from, it's absolutely terrible to, wow, this is really good now. Uh, so I like like that side of things is huge. I'm, you know, and, we're not just limited to dirt. Like, I mean, I have a lot of moto guys that have a Harley in their garage and they're like, Oh, you guys do Harley stuff. And they try it. They're like, wow. Okay. It's kind of the same thing. They're so terrible stock (laughs) that you can make them better. it's like, okay, well that's, that's cool. Um, but I mean, it keeps it fresh for me because we're always doing something different. Um, we're seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of gains on the new Cowie engines. That's been a, that's been one that's really cool just because the amount of, of gains you can have, um, like the KTM group engines are fun because they're really, really good component stock already. Uh-huh. So if you just do a head and an ECU, yep.
0: um,
1: they can be really good. I mean, we were with Jerry outdoors two years ago, I think it was, or three years ago. I mean, he literally was ahead in ECU and race gas and was whole shouting nationals. So that was, that was pretty sweet. Uh, um, that was
0: the rumors of the big bore. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah Jerry and I talked about it and he's like, I was like, what's, what's it going to do to get you to somebody to tear you down, please? Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what's crazy is he only had one rebuild on that engine the whole year. Yeah. You know, it is. So that's how stock the thing was as far as um, we're not in the business of, of pushing with our customer base and who we're working with. We're not doing four or five hour engines. Like that doesn't, that doesn't work for us. Um, So we're, it's basically OEM rebuild times on anything we do. I mean, most of the time one rebuild on our 250 f engines throughout the supercross season that's more of just a maintenance take care of it type of deal is what we're what we're at and recommending and is there a market out there for more than that yes and that's where they if you're working with a bigger team and there's somebody devoted to it you know there's more to an engine than just a head and a piston and a cam and that side of things like you're building a little tweaks here and there and that's where you need a race team dedicated to adding to it. Like, we'll give you a good base, but Uh the rest of it's, you know, we'll, we'll be a resource for you as much as we can. But at the same point, that's not our business is to build a full race bike and whatnot. And that's not where we want to be. We want to be the machine shop that gives you a great head, a great ACU and a good direction to go.
0: Yep. But,
1: um, and for a guy like Jerry, like that's, that's what his budget can afford. You know, he can't afford to rebuild his engine. He doesn't have a mechanic like he's doing it himself. Um, when we were doing the program, he's like, "Can you guys build management? Like, we won't, but if you want, you can come use a bay at the shop, and Andrew will oversee it, but you have to do it." So he was building; he's building his own engines, um, and with you know Andrew just overseeing it. But it's like, yeah, we don't build them in house, but we'll help teach you.
0: Uh, how is how is? Well, this is maybe my favorite part of uh, Race Tech. Uh, Paul is uh, basically like. Hey, man, if you're going to start a suspension company, you're probably going to take some race tech stuff apart and copy it and, and whatever, this and that down the road at some point, because that's what happens in the industry. So, just I'm going to do a seminar and I'm going to teach you guys uh, motors and suspension. Well, uh, suspension, anyways, for Paul. And so, those are normally sold out, they're held in the fall. Um, a lot of people in the industry have taken them at one point or another. This is a, the A to B, A to Z basics of suspension. Uh, and you guys have them in Corona, California uh, in the fall.
1: Yeah, Paul's definitely uh, went completely the opposite way of what everybody else would do. Yeah, hundred percent. Instead of <laughs> like trying to keep everything secret, because honestly, there is no secrets. It's <laughs> so he just said, "Okay, I'm just going to open the book completely." And I mean, the thing is, is you can see what we're doing. Um, it doesn't work really well if you're not using a gold valve, so that that kind of already takes part of it away. And then the business is what people see is the racetech sticker on bikes, but what they don't see is the big warehouse behind our service department where we really make our money. Yeah. And that is, you know, I, I a lot of people would call them our competitors, but really they're our partners. You know, we supply a majority of the suspension shops out there with parts and product, even if they're not using our gold valves and settings, they're still buying springs from us. Or, yeah. you know, if they need shims or all kinds of parts and pieces, you know, of replacement stuff or damping rods and you name it, they're, they're able to get it from us and, and we support them. So I never look at it as competitors and I love it that way personally, because I can go hang out at the racetrack and I don't have any enemies because I want everybody to do well. You know, I have, there's a lot of great suspension tuners out there and a lot of people do good work. And also there's enough customers for all of us to do extremely well. So it's a, you know, my goal as a marketing guy is for people to just, like you say, get your oil changed, but get springs put in your bike at least to yeah. get it set up. And whether it comes from us or somebody else, my goal, first of all, is to educate you enough to know that you need to get that done from there. Then I have to do it my job of, well, I hope you like us more than that guy so that you use us. But first of all, I just need to convince people you need to get it done, period. And and if we do that, then it benefits all of us. And, um, you know, I, I have a picture that I took at A1 of, Three, two or three years ago, of uh, of Paul and, and Ross Maeda just hanging out in the pits talking, and I was like, man, there's so much wealth of knowledge, yeah. there. And there's also so much respect between the two of them. Like you won't hear a bad word from either of them about the other one. Uh, I mean, obviously, I work with with Ross's brother Don on a ton of media stuff, and he loves to come hang out at the shop and just talk talk to Paul. It's like it's not a full on war in with any of us like there's you know paul and ziggy talk it's not a big deal like we're we're all out there um you know at loretta's if we need something and we don't have inventory and obviously we can't wait for california we'll go down to factory connection and buy something it's okay Like this, it's not a big deal it doesn't have to be uh that way and you see it with some i mean i see it with like gear companies it's like dude you're doing riding gear and you hate the other guys that much
0: it is just just (laughs) balls like it is just war just war
1: yeah, and then they switch companies, and it's like, oh, so that loyalty really was wasn't that loyal,
0: huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no,
1: for sure. <laughs> no, it, it's um, it's crazy. Like I like to be be here in Minnesota because then I don't have to fully be in in the industry to that extent, and I get to just be part part of what I want to be, which is like, I go hang out at the privateer pits at the races and and absolutely love it. Yeah, and just talk so, talk about life with Cade, you know, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah,
0: No, for sure. Uh, so the seminars do well though. They they do well.
1: Absolutely, and I mean whether it's working for Race Tech and then going off elsewhere, or yeah. uh, or going through seminars. I mean, literally, majority of the suspension guys in the industry that you see, whether they're on race teams or running their own businesses, have at one point learned from from Paul and Race Tech. And I mean, outside of just the seminars, um, everything from like rebuild and revalve videos and written instructions are all on our website. So if if you just have a question about something like that we aren't scared to give you the information and because at some point if you're messing with suspension you're going to end up buying product for us so yeah why yeah. not help you do it and i mean our our spring rate calculator gets used more than anything else out there i bet and right? yeah. you know there's a lot that's what suspension companies use even if they don't use us to buy the product they're using <laughs> us for the, to get in the ballpark of what they should run and and that's okay like that's why that resource is out there, and. I mean, at the end of the day, a lot of times they will use us, and that's that's what we're doing. So education is super important and something we push. And we started an engine seminar last fall, and that'll continue and continue to grow as well. And that's more, you know, suspension is, is A to Z. The engine one is it's mid to advanced. If you don't already know how to tear an engine down and apart, then that's not necessarily the the class for you. We want guys in that class that actually have some experience because we want to get higher level first at some point that might expand to also do lower level stuff, but that's not the suspension one is you could have never torn torn suspension apart. And by the time you're done, you're, you're competent to do that. Um, What we do see is if you're at that level and you go through seminar, then a lot of guys will go through it again. I mean, I have, I've had guys that come out that have been building suspension for 20 years and they take the seminar and they come back the next year to go through it again because they learned so much Oh wow! And
0: That's cool. to retain
1: yeah. it. So yeah. there's no way that you can go through it and retain everything from one time through a period. So it's, uh, if you come in at a low level, you're going to leave it a much higher level. If you come in at a high level, you're going to learn a lot of high level stuff still. Yeah. So, um, and part of that is, it makes Paul and Rob both just available to you. And there's a lot of just open questions. So if there's something you've always wondered or wanted to know, then you have them as a resource to help teach you that specific thing. So although there's an agenda, the seminar agenda, it molds a bit to the students and what they want to, to get out of it. You know, um, there's a lot of time outside of the base part of the agenda to do that. So it's cool. I mean, I sat through it and I don't touch a wrench. I'm a marketing guy and, I know just enough to think I know what I'm doing and be wrong, so I don't, I don't tell people what to do with their bikes. Um, I, let, I let the professionals handle that.
0: I think it's a cool, cool program for sure, and I think that a lot of people get started in the industry, uh, go through that. So it's kind of neat for sure. Um, thanks to FXR and Tech, of course, uh, Firepower Parts, batteries, chains, and now they got oil made by a leading OEM manufacturer. Firepowerparts.com, sponsoring a lot of privateers out there chiz when he was doing his 450 deal the uh um the justin starling uh Cade's team and a race guys at firepower parts great company uh they do a lot of uh oh and go uh, uh club mx as well firepowerparts.com Please check that out, Roost MX, 48-hour turnaround. They make custom graphics, custom numbers, whatever it is. They can uh, hook you up and use the code PULPNATION to save there. Uh, again, they got a whole PULPNATION section website, T-shirts and clothing, and they can put our logo on there. And if you uh, are a little one and you have a Cobra, well, Roost MX can dial you in, roostmx.net, and, uh, yeah, use the code PULPNATION to save at those guys. So, um, Chris Riesenberg, a.k.a. Checkers on the uh, FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Idle in Life uh, podcast. Yeah, I just wanted to get you on checkers because, again, like, just service your suspension. People get it working better. Get the oil change and the bushings changed. You know what I mean? Just do that, and your bike will work better. And you can you can save some money if you uh, if you want. So yeah, it, it it's just uh, I beg these people, and I hope it's working because you you want your bike working better.
1: For sure, the messaging gets gets repeated, and I'll add to that: don't just. Get your fluid change. Make sure you're using a quality fluid. Um, they are not all created equal. Um, if you need a recommendation, uh, feel free to to send me an email to Chris at Racetech.com, and I will I will send you in the right direction. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a Racetech fluid, but I will make sure to at least give you a yeah. a, a good good quality fluid to put in your stuff. Um, it makes a huge difference. Set your sag. Don't pinch your forks. Um, installing them on the bike, <laughs> stuff like that. That doesn't cost any money. Is, yeah. yeah, is super super important and. It's often overlooked. I mean, I've had uh, send our texts out to a media day, and they said the forks were terrible, and the forks were pinched, and um, with a well-known media outlet. And I was yeah. like, "You guys test product all the time, and this was your problem?" Or yeah, and you and you're,
0: and you're just cranking down on the t handle to uh, yeah to to get the fork straight. Yeah, I, I get it. Um, um, yeah, just just yeah, look after your bike, everybody, and it'll look after you. And I, I beg you, I beg you, like it's a simple stuff, right? I remember I did these riding clinics a long time ago, and I was like, what's your SAG at? And these people just looked at me like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, what? You know, like, yeah, it's insane. It's just nutty that these people don't know this stuff. And it's really, really easy to do. And just, yeah, simple. So, you know.
1: Absolutely. And those, the stuff, to, like instructions for a lot of that stuff's on our website. And we're also pushing a lot of that on social media these days, too, of, of just the small free stuff. You know, it's not necessarily always about selling products. It's about getting people the best motorcycle they can. So, uh, I know you talk about it all the time, as for. a Utilize the website. It's the yeah. instructions page on there is unreal. Um, how to put a front wheel on the bike. I know it sounds super simple, or to install forks on a bike. Most people are doing it wrong. Do it right, and you'll be amazed how much better your bike will work. So yeah, yeah. No, that's your friendly tip of the day.
0: I know, right? <laughs> just, just come on, everybody, figure it out. Uh, I, I agree. And um, um, also the vintage stuff. So I've been building these project bikes, right? Um, and uh, Jason at SGB dialed in uh, my five hundred with coding and, and race tech and everything else. And thats a that's got to be a business that's been booming.
1: It does so well all the time. It's just a constant. Um, what is crazy to me is I had a, I had a buddy approach me. He's like, hey, I'm going to do some vintage racing. I have, a, I think it was like 96 KTMs. And I'm like, that's vintage now. Wow. Okay, I'm getting old. I mean, I knew <laughs> I had some gray hairs. Uh, yeah. But it was like, um, you know, Paul always says it the best. He's like, we – we always are developing and, and evolving our product but he's like that wasn't vintage to me at one point that was just the modern stuff like right of course now. i'm familiar with that bike and um we're one of the few companies out there that we still stock inventory and product for that stuff and and we'll take it so i mean again but going back to us all working together and not necessarily being competitors a lot of the other suspension shops they don't touch stuff that's you know beyond a certain year old and they, they just say call Raystack and send them our way so obviously we really appreciate that and um, by being one of the only games in town, and you know we have the ability to, we can build a full, full set of shocks or whatever too. You know, it's not we're not limited by what the stock components are because if we don't have it, we'll make it type of type of deal. So in um, most other companies, they just don't have that resource. You know, they're they're dealing with the components that they have and. And I have available to them, whereas, you know, we have a full department that builds custom shocks to order at our shop in California. So um, that's, yeah. a, that's super common with vintage stuff as well. Of Well, yeah, your stock shock's not rebuildable and the thing's 40 years old. Yeah. <laughs> of course, it needs some love, and so we do a replacement shock for those.
0: Yeah, when I, uh, when I do research for the vintage stuff and I look and so many people are using Race tech, It's it's got to be really cool to see that you guys have been able to really va- drastically improve those old bikes and do a lot of good work. So that's cool
1: yeah there's some really cool looking bikes too i mean i'm not necessarily a huge vintage fanatic but i definitely love like going on i manage our social media accounts and just all the photos were tagged in and stuff wow that's a cool bike and a lot of them were before my time i'm mean, like i i've never seen one of those before That thing's badass right, right,
0: uh how's the air wheelies going everything good
1: oh absolutely it's finally getting nice out here enough <laughs> to go ride outdoors i haven't gotten to yet but um i mean i'm at the track every weekend now and i'm working at the track but it's so good for business for me to just be back at the racetrack anyways yeah and then i mean my kids are all into riding now because i my oldest was never into it even though i was a big fan of the sport the whole time i never walked away but i just i didn't ride personally and so he never really fell in love with it and now all my other kids now that i'm riding they are full on in and my garage is full of mini bikes and like i have no desire to be a a mini dad on like i was like i hope my kids never get fast but i absolutely <laughs> love riding with them and and i love that they want to ride it's like I, I could do without the racing thing and and that side of things like i go to loretta's every year and, and hang out and my favorite days are the two days before practice starts when everybody's in a good mood still because yeah. once racing starts you know one out of every 42 guys is angry no. or i mean one only one guy isn't angry because is he, yeah. he won you know <laughs> like everyone else is so upset and i'm like i don't really want to do that like yeah I would rather, Hey, I got to go down here for work. Let's take an RV and we'll go camp and you guys, you don't have to ride. Just go enjoy the creek and go swim in the pool and hang out with your buddies, but we don't have to do the racing thing, right? <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah that, that's not included, right? Yeah. No, that's funny.
1: Um, yeah, it's, uh, good. it's insane, but I, I love it. Like being at the track all the time and, yeah. uh, grassroots motocross is definitely coming back with all the bike sales and that side of things. It's turnouts are really good. And so, I mean, if I, if I'm going to be there and ride, then uh, I'm always also up to talk about dirt bikes or help people with suspension and that side of things as well.
0: Well, that's awesome, man. Uh, thank you for the time on the uh, Privateer Island podcast. Thank you for your support of so many privateers over the years. And thank you for the support of so much Pulp stuff over the years as well. So I'm glad everything's going well. Uh, listeners are using the code PULP22. They can tell the uh, somebody to save, at pulp, uh, save, save by listening to PulpMX. I, I, thanks a lot, Checkers. Really appreciate it, man.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And thanks to the Pulp Army for for their massive support and um and your support for all the privateers. I know that it gets overlooked a little bit, which is crazy, but like the amount of money that you've given to privateers is has been insane and not to mention the platform that they're about to get a go on in yeah in Denver with just a race focused on them and I mean there's already so much hype built around it that's super exciting. It's super cool. So um I'm looking forward to that. I jenny and i booked a trip to denver just because of that race so so you can let feld know that that there's they got an extra couple people coming and and i'm bringing another buddy with me too so just for just because of that event those people coming out for it so that's um it's great marketing for them as well but yeah thanks for having me thanks for the support for the pulp army and um definitely log on to the website and use that instructions tab to to learn to make your bike better
0: sounds good thanks checkers appreciate it we'll talk soon man thank you
1: absolutely